Hi, you're listening to When Isabel Met Aviva, a podcast about rom-coms, female-driven screenwriting, and how to break into the entertainment industry. I'm Isabel. And I'm Aviva. And welcome to season two, episode one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new year, a new season. (laughs) We have a new podcast guest that we're really excited about today. (laughs) Yeah. We are chatting with Alana Wolport. And I hope I said her last name right. I, I was just going to say, I'm like, is that how you pronounce your name? Because <laughs> I so totally stressful. didn't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Alana. Um, and she wrote the biggest rom-com of 2023. And I guess kind of of this year too, right? Like, I mean, it, it's still well, doing it's amazing. Two, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it is the biggest rom-com now. Yeah. Uh, Anyone But You, which is in theaters. And Isabel and I both individually saw it recently. And I was thinking when I saw it, we should chat with the screenwriter because it is just so in alignment uh, with the types of projects we love. So we reached out and here we are and we're about to chat with her. (laughs) Yay. I'm so excited because I don't, I don't really know anything about her. So I'm kind of going into this interview Mm -hmm. without much. Well, I know a little bit. You told me a few things, but I kind of want to keep it. Yeah. I want it to be a little bit of a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I also wanted to say, of course, uh, that the film is a $25 million film, which I'm sure we'll discuss. And that is pretty big budget for a rom-com. So Hashtag goals. Want to make a $25 million rom-com, please. Um, And yeah, so we're just, we're really excited to chat with her. It's a Shakespearean adaptation, which is always a fave. Much ado about nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so should we, should we start chatting with her? Yeah, let's get Alana in the podcast. (laughs) I guess, why don't you, why don't we start by, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Like, how did you get into screenwriting? um, And how did you get your first opportunity in the industry so i grew up in florida south florida for lauderdale and i went to duke university and i very fortunately um met my best friend there who was sort of inclined towards screenwriting and she had gone out to la and done an internship at uta and she sort of like kind of knew a little bit more than i did which was a low bar because i knew zero about anything and I took like one screenwriting course at Duke and, and I would had always loved like TV and movies. And that was always something that I loved, but I just didn't know. I really like, I knew it was a job, but I also didn't know how I would ever break in because I was like, why would I ever move to California? That's crazy. And I took <laughs> this one screenwriting class and my best friend was like, great, you loved it. And you like want to be a writer and now we're going to move to LA together. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Sounds good, I guess. So I moved to LA and never been here before. It was terrifying and like didn't drive for a month because I was like afraid to leave the house. Um, second I pulled my car out of my garage, I like hit another car in the garage. Like it was awful. <laughs> it was so scary. But um yeah, so I um the first job I got was I was like someone's personal assistant and which was, and I had a lot of other assistant jobs after that. And honestly, the way that I broke in as a writer was, um, I was working on a show, um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and our showrunner, Aline Prashmantana, who's like just amazing, had said at the end of this season, all the assistants give me a script and I'll read it and I'll give you feedback and I'll help you if I can. But like, this is, this is something we're starting the season. Like you have, you know, however many months to 
get a script to be good enough that like I'll you want to read it. And I took that deadline like so so seriously, and I was like, okay, I've written a bunch of stuff, but nothing has really felt right. And I sort of was like, I'm going to write a sample that really feels like me and feels like something that I relate to and am proud of. And so I, I wrote this sample and edited it a million times, honed it a million times. And when it was, you know, ready by the end of the season, I ended up also sending it to a friend of mine who then became my agent and I got a bunch of meetings from it and ended up selling it as a pilot. And it it went really far, but I'm so grateful that I had that deadline and also like that opportunity from Aline to be like, I will read something you write. It has to be good. Um, not like it has to be good, but she was like, yeah. you, you don't want to send me something that you wrote the night before. So, um, and then that script has given me like so much mileage, which is kind of crazy. I got hired on High School Musical because of that sample. And I just, I'm on a new show now um and got hired on it because of that sample too so it's really it's four years it's taken me pretty far so that's very cool that's amazing <laughs> yeah if the double wears prada screenwriter wants to read something i'd feel really motivated <laughs> <Yeah>. as well yeah. <laughs> I, I was so lucky to be on that show just because it was like the best environment it was so many writers who i mean i'm in touch with all of them they're all so amazing and supportive and lovely and everyone just wanted to help each other and like it really started from the bottom up and it was such a show we were so lucky that it ran for four seasons I was only on the last season so many people got promoted through the run and it just became that culture of everyone moves up everyone you work hard and you do really well at the job you know you're doing and then you move up and it's and it's great and so I just had the best time on that show and miss it all the time but um it was a brutal working on a musical show is hard it was a brutal schedule yeah yeah I'm sure yeah I love crazy x that's such a good show <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so yeah we would love to just yeah talk just a lot about anyone but you um because this is a rom-com podcast so yeah. <laughs> um so can you yeah just chat with us about like how the idea came to be like when you started working on it um we love a good Shakespearean adaptation we love kiwi and karen mccullough like all their projects um so fun so how did it start (laughs) i mean honestly like because of movies like that because of 10 things i hate about you and she's the man i um you know when i was when i was in college i mostly i was an english and theater major and so shakespeare was like a really big part of my curriculum and was writing so many essays and like really going into granular details about Shakespeare plays and thought that I would do that for the rest of my life and kind of like go get a PhD and live in a library and study Shakespeare. And I took that screenwriting class and it kind of changed things for me. And I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to do that forever. And um, I honestly was so inspired by movies that were based on classics. Like She's the Man, I'm telling me something about you, Easy A, even a little black movie. And um clueless too and even Bridget Jones which is part of prejudice and so um my background was so in Shakespeare and so in classics and it just felt so obvious and um to adapt what was my favorite play which was much to do about nothing and I just um was obsessed with the 1993 movie with Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson which is so beautiful and um I like was obsessed I would also loved the Joss Whedon version like every version of it that I could find I was like addicted to 
and um, I like literally remember I was dating some guy and like on our first date, we watched the 1993 version on our second date, we watched the like 2012 version. And I was like, <laughs> clearly I have like full <laughs> range of like, I can make a new <laughs> um and yeah and so it I was going into a lot of these meetings um that I had off of this first script I had being like okay well this is my like one feature idea is that I want to do this and I just don't have time yet because I'm an assistant and I have written one one script and I literally don't have like take doing that made me like work five full-time jobs um, to find the time. But basically, um, I was just like, this is my one idea. And I had just sort of been saying it and thinking about it and, and trying to find the time to sort of write it. And then I had like an amazing meeting with someone who became a very close friend and was one of the executive producers on the movie. And I said like, oh, I've been wanting to adapt much to do about nothing into a rom, like a modernized rom-com. And she was like, that's so crazy. I literally was just about to bring that up to you. I've been thinking that forever. What if you wrote that on spec and I produced it and we tried to sell it some, we tried to sell it to the company she was working at at the time was where we planned to sell it. And she's, you know, since moved and obviously that's changed, but, um, that was our initial plan. And so I started writing it, um, and then ended up getting a job on high school musical. And so we took a break from it. But then during the pandemic, obviously when there was a lot of time I was really like sitting in my, my parents' place and writing it with my like, you know, dog who was like three months working next to me. So mm-hmm. I wrote it mostly in 2020 and then in 2021 kind of felt like it was finally ready for people to see. And we went out with it and got, you know, and more producers attached at the beginning of 2022. We like truly made a list of people who we thought would be perfect for the lead and Sydney was the top of our list. And, Thank God she loved it and read it because um wouldn't have happened without her. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, that's awesome. And a really fast turnaround, really. Yeah, like you, I was know, you say. wrote it pretty recently. Yeah. Like that's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, relatively like a really fast turnaround. But everything like happens gradually and then all at once. Like when I think about like, you know, four years ago when I said this idea out loud in a meeting, it was like no, I hadn't even been working as a full-time writer at that point. I was still an assistant. And so it's like, feels like it was so recent, but also like so long. So yeah. I was going to say, it's so inspiring to me that you like had the idea and like kept working at it, like over so much time. Right. And that, and then like for it to come out and like be such a major success must be really cool to, to like, yeah. you know, see that happen after all your hard work. <laughs> special I think the one thing that everyone really understood was that it was like really an homage to like those you know 90s early 2000s rom-coms it that's how it would feel and one of the things I love the most about the movie is that you like really rarely see people take out their phones because they're all in the same place it kind of happens in a contained environment and like I I always you know hate when there are situations in rom-coms where it's like you could just pick up the phone and tell someone it's like it's so much better when you could just like see each other and have that conflict because like that's the movie and so there are so few times where someone takes out their iPhone like it really doesn't feel rooted in any specific time which mm-hmm. you know I hope makes it feel a little bit timeless and something you want to come back to and is like a comfort movie which is you know what we intended always yes yeah that's a good point yeah the use of technology when I rewatch it I'll have to pay but that's that's true um yeah I'm like I know. Yeah. 
there's there's one phone at the beginning and then at the end people take out their phones at the opera house but um okay otherwise like no phones yeah I really like that yeah because I think too many texts in films can be kind of distracting um yeah yeah and I really as well and I were talking like I really loved a lot of the physical humor as well um just I think the, you know, the Titanic parts and, you know, I don't want to give away anything, but yeah, just the, <laughs> yeah. the, the plane sequence I thought was like yeah, incredibly was like funny. <laughs> yeah. I loved that so much. Um, yeah, no, I really, I'm always thinking about ways to add more physical humor because it doesn't come naturally to me as much, I guess, in my writing. Yeah. It's so fun. And I'm like, you know, so glad that Will came in and was able to sort of give those moments that like maybe were not as theatrical and not as like physical before to really like Mm -hmm. give them big space um and make it very theatrical and um there's just so many good moments that are are so physical and so funny and which also you know reminds me of movies like she's the man where there's so much physical humor in the way that she's putting on the wig and keeps changing with the sideburns and they're flying on children <laughs> yeah like, I love that part <laughs> yeah in the bouncy house so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seen that movie many times <laughs> and from the beginning did you know like it's a big budget rom-com which is amazing like did did you know from the beginning that it was going to be such a big budget no honestly I mean I think that the nature of rom-coms like at this time or especially the time I was writing it hopefully it's changing but um it was it was rom-coms go to streaming like those aren't theatrical yeah. releases especially if they're not anchored by giant giant movie stars who you've known for 20 years so mm-hmm. I was like oh maybe it will be you know a really small budget and it'll go right to streaming and um, it wasn't until we started having those conversations and once Glenn and Sydney were involved and we started having those conversations of like, where are we going to film and who's going to buy it? And like that, it started to feel real and theatrical. And it was like, oh, wait, no, this isn't just going to be a small thing that like slips to streaming. Like it's going to be like a real movie with a real budget. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting. So, yeah, yeah I love so the towards the end I mean I I kind of wrote it I'm not a director and so I really wrote it with like no (laughs) sort of practical production in mind but Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky that it was able to really get actualized the way that I hoped it would that's amazing but did you so this was your first movie premiering right did you get to like have a did you get to go to the premiere like how did your friends and family react like you tell yeah, we always like to ask people like yeah because that's, that's <laughs> what's the that dream experience like so it was so special so the premiere was in the premiere was in new york so um got to go to new york which was great because my my girlfriend um was at new york was in new york doing a show at that time and like literally has she you know it's eight shows a week on that broadway schedule and so she um has one day off which was mondays and the premiere was on a monday and so it literally like couldn't have worked out better i started like panicking in june i was like you're not gonna be able to go to the premiere and like i'm gonna have to go by myself and she was like can we not like worry about that in june right now like let's (laughs) wait yeah um and my whole family came it was really really special so it was so much fun and you know we just it was so great to see like all the cast and to really celebrate this and um to celebrate it with 
all my producers who worked so hard to make it happen and to really like back this movie and um it was it was really really special it was a really really special moment so that's definitely goes down in one of the like one of my most favorite days for sure that's amazing (laughs) was that the first time you saw it too like watching it on the screen at the premiere or did you get to like see it beforehand yeah I actually watched it a couple days before maybe like five days before I left um just the final version just so that like if anyone asked me any questions on the carpet or anyone was giving you know I I had to do some press and stuff beforehand so that I would I would know what the final product was and um yeah watched it um in like a little theater in Sony with one of the actors Mm -hmm. and we just had time so that was nice thing and you were on set for the filming is that correct not for the whole time but I was there for about like three and a half ish weeks yeah that's a that's a good chunk of time though that's that that's also like a dream as like an aspiring screenwriter just to like be on set and and see you know what you wrote is that was that surreal to just see a scene unfold Yeah, I mean, it was really wonderful. It was really cool. I think like the most surreal day was that um, there's a there's a big scene at the end. And so I was there for that. I actually stayed um, a little bit extra time so that I could watch that scene because I was very invested in it. And um, that was just so special to see. And yeah, I mean, it was it was really great. I think also just like getting to um, know the cast and like spend time with spend time with everyone on set and um I know like they've all mentioned this before but we watched we like all watched my best friend's wedding um one night together and that was so Mm -hmm. special Dermot Mulroney was in that movie and um we you know had a million questions for him after we watched it and he just spoke so candidly and like lovingly about his experience on that movie and how important rom-coms are and it was just so nice to hear and I feel like it really it really sat with with both Glenn and Sydney about like the importance of kind of anchoring a movie like that. And, you know, this movie is very inspired by my best friend's wedding. Like a lot of, a lot of those, those moving parts and stuff and, you know, trying to, trying to get someone else out of the picture in a way and Mm -hmm. all of that. So it was so special to watch that with the cast. And so getting to be on set and to do things like that while being in Australia was amazing. And also, I guess, go to Australia, which, like, I never yeah. thought I'd ever go there in my lifetime. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say as well, like, I love that it's a Shakespearean adaptation. And I also love that it's like a wanderlust rom com because yeah. Isabel and I talk about this a lot on the show. Like, we love wanderlust rom coms where, you know, a character is like a fish out of water in a new location. So, I think that's yeah. so fun and just aspirational and just aesthetically you know perfect yeah, yeah it definitely yeah, made absolutely. me want to go to australia i was like yeah, never been. <laughs> i have last, a new place you know on my the, list now <laughs> the last uh australian film i feel like that made me want to go was the mary Kay nashley you know yeah, our our to film. <laughs> so this is really <laughs> adding to the genre for sure yeah, that one's so good but um mm-hmm. yeah so I I had never been and it was it was really really cool to go there and um hopefully it makes people want to go there because it's god it's so beautiful and I feel like really yeah. like um we were joking like if the movie does well like we're all buying houses like in Palm Beach <laughs> films, some of the movie or on Bondi yeah. or you know mm-hmm. um yeah so it's it's just beautiful there hard to get to but it's beautiful and 
Yeah, and also <laughs> so too, like, um, obviously, like I've Mamma Mia about me. This is not this is not a real Mamma Mia poster. It's photoshopped with like the faces of my friends. But, so um, awesome. <laughs> like one of the other movies that really inspired this, which I mm-hmm. also feel like is such like a wanderlust movie, yeah. and yes. you know, so much, so many fun moving parts and so much farce, and so that was very much there too. Did you have a favorite scene to write? Um, obviously, like, you know, when um, the the writing to production process is, like, pretty different, I would say. Yeah. I mean, the, the plane scene is one of my favorites, but obviously, like, mm-hmm. um, exactly how it's filmed is not exactly how I wrote it. Will, like, mm-hmm. added so much amazing physical humor to it, and you know, we got like a whole plane to do it on. It was very, very cool. And, but the (laughs) machinations of that scene was my favorite because it's very, such an homage to when Harry met Sally, when they see each other on the plane and they don't know they're both going to be on the plane. So that was, that was one of my favorites probably. Love that. Yeah. And I, I was watching an interview with Glenn Powell and he was saying that like his parents are in that scene, which is so cute. I didn't realize that. (laughs) (laughs) The one who like lowers her Bible. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then, that's such a fun little Will's Easter egg. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Will's dad is sitting next to Sydney when Glenn first comes over. Um, oh. Yeah. That's so everyone really got, yeah, everyone got their family in, which is very cute. Very cool. That's so cute. <laughs> And did the story change? Like, like I'm so interested as like a screenwriter, like how a story evolves through a, the development process, and like, like did it did it change a lot from from the beginning, or was your vision kind of solid at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I think like obviously the script the script changed like significantly throughout the development process, yeah. but I think ultimately the story was always based so much about nothing. It's these two yeah. people who hate each other who have had this you know, prior romantic entanglement and now really, really loathe each other. It's people close to them in their lives getting married. It was always a lesbian wedding. Shout Mm -hmm. out. So um, it was always a destination. It was always the friends, you know, the the same sort of like moves of much to do about nothing too. the friends getting these two people together, trying to trick them into thinking they like each other, then figuring it out. All of yeah. that was always the same, and it was always the same same beats with the parents, with the ex girlfriends, with with all of that. So, so mostly like holistically, it's it's ended up the same. And you know, some set pieces awesome. changed. Obviously, like um, when you're you know writing with an eye towards production, you um, you know know what you can do and what you can't do once you have more of a budget. But um, yeah, the the general moves of everything was really the same. It's really, I'm very lucky that, um, you know, it, it really stuck to, stuck to the play, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And yeah. And I, I was going to say as well, like it really had all the elements like Wanderlust, Shakespearean, and then the wedding element as well. Like I love yeah. rom-coms with like featuring weddings. Like that's just so fun and aesthetic and yeah, it had everything <laughs> that I like in a rom-com <laughs> and enemies so- to lovers, like the best trope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, my favorite, my favorite tropes, I feel like, are, like, enemies to lovers and also, like, fake dating to lovers, and so this really has both of them, which is fun, which yes. is why, like, you know, in the real Much Ado About Nothing play, Beatrice and Benedict are, you know, tricked by their friends into thinking they have feelings for each other, and then they both sort of dance around it and don't admit it, and then finally, 
like kind of start to fall for each other, but they don't know that they've been tricked into it till the very end. And mm-hmm. I wanted these characters to find out because, um, or at least for B to find out because she's the smarter one and she kind of, you know, wouldn't necessarily believe it based on their past history. So I wanted them to sort of make the conscious active decision to be like, let's just pretend we're a couple because it, you know, solves our individual problems. So there was that element, which became sort of the fake dating, um, which is, you know, one of my favorite tropes of like, is it pretend or do we actually like each other? And forced proximity too, which I also love that trope. Like they're, you know, they're stuck in a, in the same area together. So good. <laughs> Everyone in that house was so fun. That house was a crazy house. It was so big and like just so many rooms. Like I would get lost every day. It was enormous. <laughs> it's awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was so pretty. Aviva and I were kind of, we talk about this a lot on our podcast about how like we both love rom-coms we both are aspiring rom-com writers and we kind of feel like now especially after the success of your movie like we're like entering the rom-com renaissance um and we're kind of curious yeah hopefully (laughs) to hear your thoughts on that um you know like do you want to keep writing Mm rom-coms um would you wish um what kinds of rom-coms would you like to make or that you hope Mm -hmm. to see more of in the future and um yeah. <laughs> what's what's been like really gratifying is that I have a lot of friends who are writers who also write rom coms, who write all kinds of things. And one of my best friends had a meeting with a studio the other day and they told her, like, Oh, we're really looking for rom coms because anyone but you did so well. And she yeah. called me and told me after and I was like, That's all I want. Like that's really oh. all I want is for it to pave the way for more rom-coms to get made or for people to be like, oh, now we're looking for rom-coms because this did well. And there's so many wonderful rom-coms on streaming. And I feel like they don't get their day in the sun because they're not getting these theatrical releases sometimes. And so I hope this proves that, you know, we can have those sort of like fun rom-coms in theaters and people will come out and they'll do well like I think if set it up was in theaters like it would have done so well yeah and that's yes favorites of the last few years and another glad movie but um it's so it's just so good and so special so I really hope we're in a renaissance I hope that um you know this this reminds everyone that people will go to theaters to see rom-coms and people sort of want an escape and I love I love going to the movies. I go to the movies a thousand times a week. It's my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do. It's kind of my only yeah. social life. But mm-hmm. I see a lot of movies that are really intense and really depressing. And sometimes, like, I just want to not think about anything and to just sort of, like, have smooth brain. And that's what I think rom-coms are about, is, like, feeling that fantasy and that escape. And, um, you know they I think they're just like the best comfort food ever so I plan to write more I am writing more so I hope that people keep keep buying them and it shows that they're gonna be they're gonna be good for for audiences and theaters yeah I agree we really we really need like hopeful content too like just lighter hopeful aspirational just yeah 
I mean, we love rom-coms, obviously. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I did go see it. I saw The Iron Claw, and then, like, the next day I went and saw Anyone But You, and I literally <laughs> left Anyone But You. Like, the first thing I did was, I live in Santa Monica, so I, like, walked home with my headphones on. I just listened to Unwritten the entire oh, walk yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I... Like, again, like, I loved The Iron Call. Like, I loved Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I love yeah. movies like that. But, God, it's really nice to go to go into something and to leave, like, just wanting yeah. to, like, be in that movie and listen to the music. I mean, the soundtrack, yeah. our music supervisor on Anyone But You is so good. And our composer, too. It's amazing. And all of the music in the movie is so good. And I listen to it all the time. And I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. But, like would have chosen all this music for it and it's like so fun that I get to walk around listening to it and being like wow like a movie with a really good soundtrack I'm like I was involved in it crazy it's so cool (laughs) is there a soundtrack for it like on Spotify or there's a a playlist I'll send it to you after but um I know Will has playlists of all the songs that are in the movie and like Mm -hmm. a bunch of fans have made playlists too and so it's like you search Spotify anyone but you have been able to find ones okay yeah yeah, yeah. And now I when you listen used to make like an actual album, right? Yeah. For a movie and you'd like go get it from Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throwback. That back to as we yeah, look back I agree. The movie <laughs> so there's a bunch of playlists and then um all of the like original music for it um is I know that they they released like a little album of that too, which is so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, well, that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, let's um, do quick fire rounds. Right. Um, so just about rom coms and writing. So the first question is, what is your favorite rom com and why? Sally. <laughs> um, I feel like that's everyone's answer when they come on our podcast. Yeah, but because <laughs> so, it's, so it's ours too. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's so classic. It's like one of the ones that really, really made me fall in love with the genre that I saw really early. Um, but I mean, it's just because I think like. I I really love watching two characters who are so diametrically opposed at the very beginning eventually start to, you know, wear each other down a little bit and become yeah. real friends and start to fall for each other. And I think like that's that's like so what I've what I've experienced in my life and what um what I really love is like two people really getting to know each other and then kind of falling for each other because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's and it's just just beautiful, like New York in the fall. It's such classic dialogue. It's I mean, I love, love, love Nora Ephron. Every movie she's done, I have seen and loved. So um, yeah. that's that's my very boring classic answer. So I good. love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what is your favorite rom com trope to write? Oh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I I probably would say. Um, I do really like when characters don't like each other at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it gives them somewhere to work from when her and Sally has it and this movie has it and other things that I'm writing have it. And so I, I am really a sucker for enemies to lovers because it's just so fun. It's so fun to take characters that far in their development to falling for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite rom-com outfit? So just like an iconic outfit from a film that you love does anything come to mind 
Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like everyone says like Andy Anderson's yellow dress and how to lose guy in her face. Yes. That, you know, that's so, that's so great. And, um, I think Sydney's got so many good ones in anyone but you. Like her blue dress that she wears at the rehearsal dinner is so good. And the bridesmaids dress, I think one is like so good. And we were saying to like, just we want, we wanted the outfits to be really iconic and to be Mm -hmm. that. And I feel like they will be that, the Andy Anderson yellow dress for the sex generation. So that's, that's really lovely. And yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably my answer. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And also maybe Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey in that movie wears like a Duke t-shirt and as as a Duke gotcha. lot, I yeah. appreciate that. So that's my other <laughs> Yeah, no one's no one's given us that answer yet. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite rom-com line or like a specific moment from a rom-com? Oh wow. I mean I I love um I love the moment and you've got mail. <laughs> You know, so basic. I love the moment in You've Got Mail where um, Tom Hanks is basically asking Meg Ryan to not go on that date with mm-hmm. um, her pen pal, yeah. and she knows that she likes him, and he knows she likes her. He likes her, and he's kind of trying to to see if that will work. And this moment, that moment when they're standing on the street, is so good. And then, of course, the end where she, you know, finds him in the gardens. It's beautiful. Yes. So that, and then, um, you know, in Notting Hill, the scene where Julia Roberts comes to the bookshop and she, you know, says, mm-hmm. I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy, that whole moment. I have that it's framed like, on my wall. You can't see it, but um, it's over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, moment, that moment's just wonderful. And I also love in Notting Hill, too, where, um, you know, she says, she says the line, like, men go to bed with Gilda and they wake up with me, which mm-hmm. was like, they were. Yeah. Line. So, so yeah, I love that. So those are, those are my <laughs> Have you seen any rom-coms recently, besides your own, which everyone should see, uh, that <laughs> <Yeah>. you would <laughs> recommend? Yes. Um, I loved Rylane. I thought that was absolutely okay. wonderful. It's streaming on Hulu. Um, it's about two people who spend basically an afternoon together in East London. Mm-hmm. And... Um, are kind of walking through and getting to know each other. And it's it's so, so wonderful and really special. And I feel like um, the people, I feel like everyone I know who's seen it has been like, oh, it's one of my favorite movies I've seen very recently. Oh, so that's wonderful. And I don't, awesome. you know, I don't think it qualifies as a rom-com, but Past Lives is just a beautiful romance and mm-hmm. really one of my favorite movies I've seen in the last year. And trying to think if there's anything else I would I would say recently but I think Riley Riley and I would say like if you like if you like ground cons at all like that is that one really gave mm-hmm. me all the feels and then um which is a phrase that I hate all the feels oh my god but anyway um, <laughs> I would also say the show lovesick on Netflix which isn't new but is a really really excellent rom-com show mm-hmm. um that I think is just so wonderful there's three seasons six episodes each I've watched it like a million times it's so well done and then also um starstruck on uh that one's great yeah rom-com series that I love very much cool awesome well um we're kind of at the end here so Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you so much for coming and talking with us on our podcast today thank Um, you for having me 
Yeah, no, it's really great yeah, to, so to tell you a little more. Um, is there any way that people can like follow you online or like stay up to date with like, you know, what you're working on or um, I don't know, any socials that you want to shout out? <laughs> um, Instagram, I guess, or Twitter. I don't really use, I don't use Twitter very much, but mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. It's just like, a, I think it's just Alana underscore Wolpert. Okay. And if you Google me, you can find me. <laughs> there are a lot of articles about you right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm on Letterboxd. That's my favorite social media, honestly. I, I spend way too much time on Letterboxd. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my favorite. Yeah, that's a great one. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, and we're so excited for the rom-com renaissance and how great your film is doing. And we're so excited that we got to chat with you. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm glad you liked the movie. Thanks for, for seeing it, going out and supporting. Yeah. Thank you for writing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Bye, Alana. Bye. This has been an episode of When Isabel Met Aviva. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date with our episodes, please subscribe. Bonus points if you leave us a positive review. You can follow us on all the social media platforms, Instagram at When Isabel Met Aviva, on TikTok at When Isabel Met Aviva, and on Twitter at Isabel Met Aviva. And we're both on Instagram and Twitter, also known as X. I'm at Aviva Pelton, P-E-L-T-I-N. And Isabel, what are you? I just realized that I have not updated my socials and <laughs> I honestly have no plans to. So people can just read it's the okay, show notes okay. if they want to follow me. Yeah. <laughs> I kind All of want to be harder be in the show to notes. find. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're a woman of mystery. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or need advice or you have feedback for us about the podcast. Um, we just like to obsess over rom-coms and screenwriting. So, um, don't forget to watch and write as many rom-coms as possible and we will see you guys soon. Bye guys.